Aloha. What's up, Penn Nation? You're now tuned in to yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice, and this is episode 103. We've got three awesome guests for you. We're going to kick things off with one championship, bantamweight king, Bibiano Fernandez. Then we're joined by another one championship fighter, BJJ Phenom, turn mixed martial arts star, the lion killer, Gary Tonin. And then we're going to close out this episode with one of the big winners from UFC 229, a guy that I'm very fond of. I think he's the next big thing at 170 pounds coming out of Brazil, the silent assassin, Vicente Luque. So no time wasted, folks. We're going to get right into it. BJPenn.com radio, the fighter's voice. First up, Bibiano Fernandez. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show. Undefeated in his last 14 fights, a winning streak spanning over seven years, the one championship bantamweight king, Bibiano the Flash Fernandez. Thanks again for joining us, Bibiano. How are you doing today, brother? I did great. Thanks for having me again on your show. And everything good. I'm focusing my fight right now. I'm in my last week for my hot camp training. And I'm ready to go for my next at my next tournament, my next competition. Awesome, man. Very good. So, as you said, we're just a couple of weeks away from one Heart of the Lion on November 9th in Singapore. Sounds to me like your training camp has gone uh, pretty smooth so far. Yeah, my camp is doing very... I, I, for, this, for this fight, I did, like, 2T camp. Like, 2T week. Like, 2T week for this camp. Training I have for that fight and in my camp. And I feel good. I feel strong. I feel smart. I feel smooth. I, I'm ready to go. Like, I, I trust me. I'm ready to go. Like, I can't wait for go there and do the job. And that's I'm, I'm so trained so much right now. And I want to only go there and fight. And that's it. Now, you're set to defend uh, your title for an eighth time in a rematch against uh, interim title holder Kevin Bellingong. Uh, how excited are you to finally get back in there, get back into action since the last time we saw you was in March? Well, I, so, so, so I can answer your question. Sorry. No, it's all right. I was just saying, uh, you're, you're set to, uh, defend this title for an eighth time against Kevin. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm just wondering, you know, considering since you've been out since March, how excited are you to finally get back in there? No, do you know what? I hurt my my. I have an injury, no bad injury, but I had, I hurt my my ankle my my last fight. But like I'm ready to go Togo, and I won't fight Togo before Togo. But one championship say I have to wait a little bit. They want make everybody uh, fight Martin Nguyen, and with the winner go fight me. Ah, like I hurt myself, but I have little injury. But after I say I'm after Togo, I'm ready to go. Before Togo, ready to go. And I, I was in Manila. I watched Kevin Bellingham fight. And, yeah, but I feel good. Like, I feel I feel ready to go compared. Now, I'll skip ahead here since you mentioned it. You know, what was your reaction to Kevin fighting Martin for the interim title? You've barely been away for the, from the sport for, like, six months. Why do you think one championship decided to make an interim belt? I don't know. <laughs> you know why? That's very interesting. That's a very interesting question because what happened? I fought March, and he wanted me to fight one way two months. I said, listen, I cannot fight. I, I hurt my foot. Right. After two months, I said, I cannot do that because it's too close. And I still, I still, I, I have the, I show everything. My doctor sent to me, sent to the guys. And the guy said, well, if you don't want to fight in two months, I go 
make another belt. And that's what he did, and make another belt, an intro belt. And I said, you know what? I don't know what happened is, but I'm okay with that. Who's who the winner? I have to go fight. It doesn't matter. Matthew Neon, Kevin Bellingham. I accept anyone that, you know what I mean? But I, he, why the reason he did that? I don't have no idea. So for you, so for you, it, it didn't really bother you, it, you know, maybe at first, but it didn't really bother you because at the end of the day, you're the title holder and you get to fight the winner to defend that belt. Yeah, at the end of the day, I still, I'm the champion. At the end of the day, I win the champion, you know. I mean, okay, let this guy fight it down a little bit and let him come and face me, face me later. Like, do you know why I understand it? I don't know, I, maybe it's in business side, maybe it's good for the corporation, I, for the one championship, maybe, I don't know. Right. But I'm a flexible, I don't know, I don't have no idea. But when he say I will have another, Kevin Martin will find out for the belt, that's a little shock me a little bit, no shock, but I say, listen to me, I only two months out, I only two months, and how you guys were make another intro belt, does not make no sense, but... What can I do? I don't can do nothing. I'm your only professional mixed martial art, and that's the way I have to go. I fight. Let this guy fight today. Later, have to face me. I'm okay to that, and I'm excited for fight Bellingham. Now, speaking of, of Kevin, uh, you're set to defend this title in this rematch. You know, it, this is the second time you fought against him. You already hold a win against him uh, from 2016. You defeated him by Kimura. Uh, since then, you know, he's, he's worked his way back up. Give us your thoughts on the matchup stylistically. Do you know why Kevin? I understand Kevin's style. He's very explosive. You know what I mean? He come with the big right hand, nice kicks. That's his style. You know what I mean? That's what you want to do. He, I don't know. Maybe go change because the last fight he come with me, he come with everything, and when he throw, I take it out, and I pass, I finish it. Maybe this time he have a precaution a little bit. Maybe this time he go fight back a little bit. I don't know. You know, but I mean, where, what kind of way he wants fighting me. Maybe he goes try to step back a little bit, wait for a count. I don't have no idea. But what I go do it for the fight, I go fight. I, I want to go fight. If I want to take on here, I will. If I want to finish it, if I can finish here, I will. I fight for win. Doesn't matter why I don't have the game plan. The game plan I have for this fight is go fight and be my best that day for the fight. That's my game plan I have. Now, I had spoke to Kevin last week, and, and he had talked about that he believes that he's made the adjustments needed to get the win in this rematch. He said that he believes that he's better than you standing up and that he just needs to avoid the ground game to win on November 9th. What's your response to that? Well, that's everybody said for me. Do, do you know another thing very interesting about my fights? Everybody say I go beat Viviani stand up, and I still beat everybody stand up. Right. <laughs> everybody says the same thing. For day one until now, they want to begin MMA. The only guy beat me stand up is named Kid Yamamoto. That's the guy. He tried, he, because he, he come, you know, I mean, he has more experience. But after I understand, everybody says the same thing. I said, uh-uh, now I go show how I can, because he don't know how, I'm, he don't know my stand up yet. He don't know. I know here. I know Kevin Bellion is stand up. I understand it here. But he don't know who I am. He, he don't feel my power in the punch. He don't he don't know. He only think, oh, I can I can I can I can move around. But he forget I can knock out the people. He forget I finish people. He he don't for he he only knock out people. But he never finish nobody. He, every time he fight, he get a finish. You know what I mean? Like for this, he's good fighter. I respect Kevin. You know what I mean? But 
he don't he don't feel my stand up yet. He don't he don't know. He know my ground game, but I feel his stand up. I I meet there when I fight here the last time. I kick he, I punch he, and I take it out he. And really, he's good. I don't. Kev is great fighter, but I know what I dress. I I come and bring the fight for him. So you think that he hasn't even really seen any wrinkles in your game? He he he's. Yes, you guys fought, but he's never really seen your true abilities in both stand up and on the ground. Yeah, he don't he don't feel that. He don't he don't know. He don't know. He he, he maybe he guess, but inside that is different. That's the thing everybody says same thing for Bibiano. Everybody fight say same thing. I go knock out Bibiano, I go beat Bibiano stand up. But that the thing is I adjust for stand up. Right. I did adjust. For fight stand up this guy because okay you want to fight stand up come on let's go do it you know what I mean you want to come from the ground let, let me let me touch it give me your back or give you let me take one I can finish you I can finish I know that I know I have to work for getting his position but I know I can fight stand up at you you know what I mean? but I know he cannot finish me that's I know right Right. And how much does having a win over Kevin already, how does that affect your mindset going into this? That's got to be a big confidence booster, right? You know, I, I, I believe in my ability. I believe in my skill. That's the big thing I have. I come from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I had faith a lot of big guys in my life. And the, the thing, I train a lot of good guys. I trained Dimitri Johnson. I trained Jeremy Kenya. I did so many good guys. And I fight with the best guy in the world today. I fight like great guy in my time. And Kevin is good, but I'm fire. I'm a warrior. You know what I mean? I'm there for bring the fight. I don't go play like I don't play point game. I don't. I don't play that game. I bring my fight, and for this I train very hard. I train very disciplined myself, and the confidence. I have confidence. I don't have the confidence, and I go bring my best in the day for the fight. That's my confidence. Is I have confidence in my training. I have confidence in my skill. I have a confidence I understand the stand-up game. I understand the, his style. That's my confidence come. Okay, let's see what he has. Now I see what he has. Okay, what do I have? And I push the table. Okay, let's see what's going on, you know. He has, he can knock out me. He have the power. Yeah, he has, but a lot of people try until no get until today. Right. Right, so for you, the confidence is obviously behind all of your training and your ability, but I'm just, you know, I, the reason I ask was because I feel like when you already have a win over a guy, when you already finish him, you know, you've kind of already got that mental edge over a guy, right? Yeah, but the fight is fight, right? You have to be very careful, you know True. what I mean? In, in the fight, you never know what can happen. The best way, I know how he feel. I know I know how Kevin feel that day. And really, he know how he feel too. You know what I mean? He, can, he know that, and I know that. In between me and Kevin, he know. You know what I mean? The thing I... That to believe you, right, Kevin, do it right now is try stand up. People try holding the ground, he tries stand up. People try do this, he tries stand up. That's his, that's, I believe that's his game plan right now for fighting me. He try not be in the ground. I don't do that. I, I try to come better in stand up. I try to be better. I try to be better everywhere I, come, I train it. I do everything. I don't focus on one thing. I don't focus on the jiu-jitsu. I don't focus on the wrestling because I born with that. I focus on stand-up. I focus on my skill. That's my stand-up skill. My understanding of my business. That's what I focus on right now. 
Right, obviously. What he tried to do, what he tried to do right now, Kevin. I, I, I can see why he tried to do it. He said, okay, I don't want to try going the ground to Bibiano because maybe he can catch me. I go try being the fight stand up. That's what he tried to do right now. Like, that's, he, that's maybe he tried to point the fight or maybe he will come in right away. I don't know. But I go know when he step beside the cage. When they close, the door close. now I say each other. Okay, let's see. Who's the best win? I don't, I don't worry about win or lose. I worry about only being my best. That's what I worry about. Absolutely. And like you're saying, you've been a well-rounded guy for quite some time. Uh, but listen, changing gears here for a moment. Obviously, you know I've got to bring up the situation with Demetrius. Ben Askren is on his way to the UFC. It's looking like your longtime training partner, Demetrius Johnson, is on his way to one championship. First of all, do you think that's already a done deal? I think it's for Demetrius Johnson for sure. For Demetrius Johnson, because with Asia, you have a lot of guys in weight class. Thousand people for you competed out there, and Ben Hanson is better for you fight for FC. I think it's a very good deal for both organizations. For one jump cheap, for Dimitri Johnson, for for I think it's is win win for everybody over here. Why do you think Demetrius would want to leave the UFC? Do you think he's unhappy with the company, or do you think it's more about what you're talking about that there's more people for him to fight, and quite frankly, he'd probably no. be a lot more accepted in Asia. The, the answer is very simple to give, right? Because Dimitri Johnson is Nick's martial art, right? If you watch it here, the way he presents himself, like the way he talks, the way he behaves himself, you can see he's Nick's martial art guy. You can see that. That he's no trash talk. He's no trash talk guy. And what, uh, I don't know. He, I don't know if trash talk. And maybe people don't want promotion here because you know trash talk. You don't talk too much. He's very simple, man. And he like competing. But what he did, what I I don't believe nobody will do it. And they break their record there in really like 11 timing. And he did a lot. For me, Demetri Johnson is in the best powerful power for sure. He lost his fight. He had to come for injury. But the boy is pretty good. He's tough. You know what I mean? I, we talk about mixed martial art. Mixed martial art, MMA is completely different, different game. You know what I mean? Right. MMA is more angry and fight and... No respect for, you know what I mean, these days. But for for Demetri Johnson, for sure, better Asia. In my vision, in my opinion. Not in my opinion. Now, the, the UFC, they've been moving toward making the fight between Cejudo and Dillashaw. Instead of giving Demetrius the immediate rematch, like you just said there, I mean, he defended the belt 11 times. He would be the guy that would qualify for an immediate rematch. Do you think that might be playing a big factor there in his decision to move? You know why? Let you go thinking. Let you go talk, talk about the business a little bit because sometimes some athletes only athlete, but they need to understand the business side. We put you. I think you want UFC. I think UFC is no corporation. <laughs> it's no corporation. Look the best for the corporation. What is the best for the corporation in that situation? Right. I think you can give the answer. Everybody, if you follow me, if you follow me, only for 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 for. Like, if you're true for MMA, you understand what's going on here. But if you don't understand, it's very difficult for you to see what is going on there. But for the business, if you work for me, I will look at the best guy and how you can make money for me. And right. that's what it is. It's sad, but that's that the business out there. And one thing about Asia, that's another thing people don't get yet. But maybe for Demetri Johnson, he don't need to play that game. He go be himself and he go perform his fight. Every time he win, he keep up upgrading himself. 
you know what I mean? He don't have to trust talk. He don't have to, like, say bad thing about nobody. He have to only bring himself a fight and let the coach do everything, let the one championship do everything for him. For this, you have to look at business side. Right. And you have to understand that the athlete, too. You know what I mean? The athlete has always training, folks, but you need to understand what's going on here. Why you don't get it that? Why the reason? You know what I mean? Because why the reason Jimmy Jones is the best power for power? Like 11 times because it's more? No, no, because it's more. Because it, people don't want to, like, no interest in That's it. Yeah, it's a shame. It really is a shame. And, you know, on top of all that, like, like I was saying earlier, I think that the fans in Asia, the Eastern fans, would really appreciate Demetrius a lot more than the Americans fan American fans have. Yeah, because you don't know why. If you will look back in the past, and like MMA is, and I was I was in MMA. I don't go say MMA. I go say mixed martial art because it's very thousand thousand years ago. You know what I mean? MMA is something new. MMA is new sports. Like a couple, like beginning nineteen ninety four, nineteen ninety six, something like that. Right. And like mixed martial art coming for centuries, thousand years ago, you know what I mean? And it keep it chicho, but that's the way it is, you know what I mean? And it may change for a little bit for for entertainment. What's entertainment? Like, entra- I don't say that word in English, right? But entertainer. Yeah, entertainment, entertainment, right. Yeah, today MMA change for that, but have you more for this here, you know what I mean? But I don't know, I talk too much, I talk too much, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 and I agree with you, man. It's it's really cool to see that uh, what one championship has been able to do and bring it back to the purity of martial arts. And and I think that, you know, as a guy that's watched this sport for a long, long time, I miss those days where, where it was about, you know, that the, the fact that you were martial artists, there was respect involved, and you were going out there to compete and show your skills. And it wasn't about the yeah, trash but, talk. Yeah, but that, 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 that's the thing is. That's the thing is. Very interesting. But in, in North America, now we talk about business and publicity, everything, but in North America, you have to promote yourself. Right. The athletes, is, the athletes in North America have a lot of pressure. Why do the pressure? No, no, it's bad the pressure. I love the pressure, but a lot of people in athlete fight for FC, for try go get the PPV, try getting PPV, try get it there. If you don't win, you will get it cut. Right. You know what I mean? It's very hard for the athlete. Somebody go make some money. I go tell something for you. One championship, every champion, every champion, one championship, take care. I everyone. Take care of me, take care of Morales, take with the champion, he one championship to a very good job. For this, a lot of time, people have the pressure for being the pay-per-view and don't make it out there, you know what I mean, and fail and go crazy and lose the job, and lose everything, you know what I mean? But that's the life. If you're good, you're good. If you're not good, you're not good. But listen, you can have a chance for the better one championship. Yeah, man. I everybody I talk to from the company, they all say the same thing. Like, you're not worried about job security. You, you know, you have a home with the company. They take great good. They yeah, take very but, good but care of all of is, you guys. Yeah, but the thing is, you still have to do the job. Right. Right. You, you still have to go there and do your best. You still have to go there and bring the fight and give good show for the fan. You still have to go there. You need to understand that. You know what I mean? You have to still go Right, you're more focused day. on winning and not putting on a good show. Exactly. You right. know what I mean? Go right. there, go in, do the fight, bring the fight. Like, 
For this, is is very is different. You know, I mean, it's very different mentality. For this, UFC keep it fell when you go to Asia. You know, I mean, he keep it fell the time because you don't understand the market. Yeah. And you have to have pay per view Asia. You need to have pay per view. When you show how good you are, and have people come for you. Yeah, and I'll tell you. I mean, obviously, it's all no brainer. But considering that you know you're with one championship, Matt Hume works for one championship, Rich Franklin. It only makes sense that Demetrius goes there. Uh, and at the end of the day, man, yeah. I think I, I think it would be pretty cool to see you guys fighting on the same card at the same event, the bantamweight and the yeah. flyweight no, champs. No, he will be my corner. He, he will be my corner there. He will come in for my fight. He will be my corner there, GJ. Demetrius will be coming my corner. He will be there in Singapore next November 9th. Oh, really? Yeah, he will be my corner. He come corner me there. Awesome. So this, I think it's gonna be good. Yeah, it's gonna be good for you to come and see what's going on there. Be my corner. I think it's good for you. Right, right, right. He get he gets to see it from your your point of view. You know how great the yeah. company is to work for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, another thing. Another thing is look look at this. DJ has a family, and really, same I say, he don't trust talking, and he's very very simple life. Simple life, I just say. He try to look after his family. Same I try to look after my family. Same a lot of mixed martial arts I look after his family. You know what I mean? And in my opinion, if JJ go one championship, that's the best. That's the best thing happen in his life for in this moment for his lifetime. Because really, he did everything he had to do. He want to be in UFC. I don't think he he can grow more for that. Right. Right. I, I know what you mean. He's accomplished all there is to accomplish. At pound for pound, best on the planet, like you're saying. And they. And he broke the record, and sure, right? Right, right. But again, how, how cool would it be for you guys to both fight on the same card together? That would be pretty cool. That's going to be awesome, you know what I mean? But maybe, I don't know, let's see what's going on. But maybe if you buy a fight in Japan, you know what I mean? I don't know. Right. Let's see what happens. Maybe Edge Aubrey, me, he, Aoki, because in the Japan next show, next show in March. Yeah, that's going to be, be a big one, man. Good. Yeah, hands of grace, you know what I mean? Like, that would be a very good fight there. But if you don't know, everything can happen. Everything change. Everything's, everything has to change, you know what I mean? So this, let's see what's going on. Speaking of Eddie Alvarez, what, what did you think of him joining the roster? <laughs> uh, okay, for Edgy, what happened with Edgy? For Edgy, he went to have a basic fun in Asia, you know what I mean? And he was fighting Pride, later he was fighting Three. And he, he, he had a good base there it, but Japanese people don't forget you know what I mean Japanese people don't forget who you are for this year my opinion I think it's a very good idea for you fight Asia you don't have big name in, in Manila no in Singapore no in another country there but in Japan for sure uh, one jump team one jump team for using is there right absolutely I agree with you 100% do you think that this whole trade thing do you think this could be opening the door for promotions to to put on shows together, you know, pop, possibly co-promote and have champions fight each other. Do you know why? I think I think it's a good idea. I think that's gonna happen because if you look in the baseball, baseball, right? Baseball, anything, any kind of sport, you treat athletes. You know what I mean? The big corporation, the big teams always change. Okay, like think about one guy from from Vancouver, Canucks go fight, go play to. And Hannah High, you know, what I mean? always something like that. Always people change the athletes. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe it can happen. You know what I mean? Maybe it can happen. Maybe I can fight with the best guy for FCHO. You know what I mean? I don't know. Right, <laughs> right. 
Right. You can't predict the future, but it certainly would be cool. If that day if that day yeah. ever happened, how excited would you would you to be to fight like T J Dillashaw, let's say? I fight I brother, I fight anyone, you know what I mean? Wait my weight class, come on, I I do, you know what I mean? Right. I, I I go I have a fight, benefits for me, like fight a year, fight whatever, I I do it. I fight for fight benefits for me for sure. Jump by by jump, that would be awesome idea, you know what I mean? That would be amazing. But we never know the future, you know what I mean? Look at what happened right now. For so these waters, what I can do, I keep training, keep sharp, and keep moving forward every day. Right, that's all you can do is control yourself and your own future and immediate goals. But I agree, man. I hope that one day that that day will come that we could finally see champion versus champion, and you know, you guys get get those opportunities that you deserve. But Listen, Bibiani, you've been more than generous with your time. As always, just a couple more questions here for you. Uh, getting back to the fight on November 9th in Singapore. What's your prediction? How do you visualize your hand getting raised? You know, I, 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 I look for wins. doesn't matter why the win is coming. I welcome, you know what I mean? By finish, by TKO, by whatever. By decision, by, it doesn't matter for me. I, want, I will fight to win. Whatever the winner I mean, has that happened? <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, that's all that matters, right? Exactly. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, that's all that only matter. I look only for the winner. Doesn't matter how she looks, it doesn't matter how. If I have blood in my face, I, it doesn't matter. If I win, that's I, that's what I look for. Why? Why the way the fight to go is the fight. The fight has to go somewhere. But to the end, that's what I look for. Right. Right. Now, after the big win, what's next for you? Uh, any opponents in mind? It sounds to me like you do want to be a part of that, that card in Japan in March. Yeah, that can be one, but I have to wait for the next fight finish, you know what I mean? And that's why I break the record for the, the, the Mitri Johnson too. That's what I try to do it right now. And I still have to go to like three more, four more defense. Like I go for eight, nine, ten, eleven. I need to go three more. I That's my dream. No, my dream, that's my goal right now. And try maybe getting the Giz book. That's maybe my next challenge and my next step I have for my life. Really? So that that is the immediate goal for you right now is just to defend that title more times than Demetrius did. That's my goal. Yes. Or maybe try to be together with the eleven eleven or I mean the best the more defend belt in the planet because he's writing the Giz Giz book, right? And I go try to get it at you. Right. <laughs> no reason you can't, man. You're well on your way. You're well on your way. Uh, and in conclusion, tell all the fans out there why they need to download the One Super app and and watch you compete. What can they expect from your fight? You know why I, Bibiano, always have the heart. You know, I mean, always a fight with my heart and a fight with the wise my. You know, what I mean, a lot of people think the fighter have to be angry, grumpy guy. No, I for me the fighter have to be wise, and intelligent. For me, when you're intelligent and you're wise, you always can see better, you know what I mean? In the moment you behave yourself to angry and hate, and that's me, you lose your vision, you know what I mean? For this, more you can calm down yourself and focus. What do you really look for? What do you want? You can get it. But you have to look look inside yourself and have wise mind. That's, that's, my, that's, that's what I want to say. Now, and before we let you go, any shout-outs or sponsor plugs? Uh, the floor is yours, man. You know, my only response is Bibiano Fernandes, BJJ, that's me. I respond myself, you know, I want to thank for one championship, too. And I need performance, always be people great. In my response, you know, me, my fans, that's, say, thank for everybody, follow me, and I respect everyone there, you know, I mean, that's the way I behave myself, always be very respectful guy. 
and I have the confidence, ability, you know, me to move forward every day. And one thing I can say, don't stuck in the past. The past no, is only for bring us here today. We have to keep it moving forward to the future. Hey, those are words to live by, Bibiano. Thanks again for the time today, man. Always a pleasure speaking with you. I look forward to catching up with you again soon. And best of luck on November 9th in Singapore, brother. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Take care. See you soon. Bye-bye. You too, buddy. Bye-bye. That's quite the goal that Bibiano has to break Demetrius Johnson's title defense record. Will he do it? I don't see why not. And again, it'd be very cool to see DJ and Bibiano, longtime friends and training partners, fighting on the same card, hopefully in Japan in March. That would be a really cool moment for the sport. But let's keep it moving like we always do. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Coming up next, the lion killer, Gary Tonin. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show BJJ Phenom turned MMA star, the Ashigarami master, and future one championship title holder, in my humble opinion, the lion killer himself, Gary Tonin. Thanks, as always, for uh, joining us again, Gary. How you doing today, man? I'm doing all right, man. You know, thanks for doing my, my daily drive back from New York City after training. Uh, today was uh, what I consider to be a relatively light day, so I'm... Uh, in good spirits, but that just means that tomorrow is a heavy day. So, <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to be teaching any classes today, or? Yeah, yeah, I'm on my way back to teach my gym right now. Cool, cool. Got to teach at six thirty. About a couple. Now you would, uh, you had said something on Twitter earlier this week about not wanting people to be impressed by you or sure. your accomplishments, but instead to use your efforts as a way to further themselves and accomplish more than you could ever have dreamed of. Uh, that's sure. a really beautiful statement, in, in my opinion, man. What made you come up with that? So, um, little bits and pieces of things that I've, I've heard other people say, as well as just my general sentiment. Um, you know, the, the, the whole reason I posted that was because one of my students had messaged me and said to me, he said, you know, hey, man, thank you so much for, uh, you know, not just, um, you know, not just teaching us random moves, but like, you know, really giving us concepts um, that we can use, um, you know, in our jiu-jitsu, in our life. And, um, you know, I don't know, it said something something about, like, uh, being impressed or something like I don't really remember exactly what it was. But it just got me thinking, you know, like, uh, it's not like, it, it's cool and everything, you know, to, to uh, I don't know, I guess perform and, you know, have people be excited for, you know, your performances or, um you know, your competitions and you go out there and you do something, you hit a cool move or something and everybody's like, whoa, you know, and that's cool and everything. But ultimately, like, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I don't want people to do that. I'm just saying that, like, that's not really like what, what I'm going out there for. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm not going out there to compete, you know, to wow anybody. Uh, I, I am to a degree, you know, uh, I believe that all, I believe that all, uh, um, professional level, um, competition uh, is to some degree a performance where you are trying to entertain people, you know, so there is, there is, a, I do believe that there is some degree of that, but it's definitely not like my number one, you know, the, the main reason that I do all this stuff is so that I can, I can make other people better, you know, and if that means that it's because somebody watched my fight or that means that, uh, you know, somebody got inspired to train or if that means that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm teaching and, you know, one of my students gets better, like, whatever the case may be, that's the ultimate goal behind all this, you know, I see longevity 
in uh, in a teaching career, not really a fighting career. You can only fight for so long, you know. But uh, to me, you can pretty much teach forever, you know, as long as you're uh, you're still mentally with it. So um, I, I, my my main thing is, you know, you're going out there fighting and even just doing all those jujitsu competitions and everything. Experience base for when I go to teach, you know, I can tell my students and things like, hey man, you know, I tried this, it worked, it didn't work. You know, uh, let's build from there. Let's see what you can do with it. But ultimately, the other the other big thing behind that statement that I really want people to get out of it is that a teacher, in my opinion, um, should never be, uh, not only should they not be afraid of their students doing better than they do or getting better than they are or giving them a tough time in training or whatever the case may be, but they should embrace that. Like, that should be an exciting moment. You know, for a teacher, in my opinion. That should be the goal, and, right? Yeah, in any regard, you know, and it's not just jiu-jitsu. Like, I don't expect all my students to become, like, BJJ world champions or MMA, you know, superstars or anything like that. It's cool if that's what they want to do, but uh, I just want them to be successful in whatever it is that they want to put their minds to. And if anything that I do, you know, helps them realize that they have the potential or, or um, you know, drives them, motivates them to do that, you know, then that makes me happy, and uh, that's what you said, just like you said. You know, I mean, that's my goal. You know, I want to make sure that uh, my all my students do even better than I did. Um, right. You know, that's to me that's kind of the point. Like otherwise, like why bother? You know what I mean? Right. I'm not gonna. I'm not trying to like keep secrets from my students or anything like that. You know, I just want to try to make everybody uh, to get better together. And when they get better, I get better. You know, when they come up with something, when they cause me to struggle during training or whatever it helps me you know learn how to problem solve and uh you know come up with new answers yeah it's definitely a give and take there and, and obviously you sound like a great mentor and coach just having that kind of that sentiment and belief in what you're doing but you know speaking of being a good mentor uh you gave a really cool interview recently about the surreal feeling of fighting on the same card as henzo gracie uh that's a really yeah. uncommon thing to compete alongside one of the founders in your martial martial arts lineage that must have been a really cool experience for you. Yeah, it was amazing, man. Um, you know, just being around Henzo, uh, for those, for anybody that's going to listen to this that has ever been around Henzo before, they know what it's like. You know, it's, uh, it's definitely an electrifying feeling. You know, he's uh, he really takes hold of a room and knows how to entertain people, knows how to make, more than anything, not just entertain people, but he knows how to make people comfortable. You right. know, like, he just he walks into a room and uh, you feel almost instantaneously like he's your best friend, you know. Um, he just has that way about him. Um, in addition to the fact that, like you said, you know, he was uh, was a huge part in the development of, you know, a sport that I've done for over a decade, you know, martial arts that I've done for over a decade. And, um, you know, it's, just, it's, it's not something that I ever saw in my future because uh, we seem to me so separated. Uh, in terms of um, in terms of like our generation and uh, you know our, our competition time and everything like that, um, but you know it just goes to show you that like what he does he does because he loves it. You know it's not like he doesn't need he, he's not the kind of guy that's going back for like a fight because he needs to make money. Like the guy you know is has uh, has his hands in a bunch of different uh, businesses and you know, different lucrative opportunities, like, Henzo's not hurting for money or anything like that, so, like, the fact that he's fighting is just, he's doing it because he likes it, you know what I mean? Right, so, it's a passion thing, um, it's a passion. And that's, and that's impressive, because, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that, 
that like it, but uh, to like it so much that even at, you know, even when you're over 50 to, to step in there and, you know, and test yourself. But hell, it's, it's tough. Me, I'm 27. I, I'm scared shitless to step in there. Right, like, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, don't, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like, you know, when I'm, uh, when I'm older. But, yeah, I, I'm, uh, you know, in awe of that for sure. It kind of reminded me of the situation with Boss Rutan, Dwayne Ludwig, and TJ Dillashaw. You know, do you ever have a moment while you're coaching and say to yourself, like, I'm passing down knowledge from Helio Gracie, Carlos Gracie themselves? Yeah, man, it's it's really uh, it's really cool how connected everything is. It's great to have a a family and a lineage. You know, uh, I, I I always very much respect where I came from. You know, it's it's always very difficult. Um, to kind of maintain as, as you move down the line, generation to generation, it's kind of hard to keep together exactly, you know, where everybody fits in the puzzle. But right. at, the very, at the bare minimum, you know, the people that I've directly been in contact with, you know, that have been involved in, uh, in making, you know, my life a possibility, I try my best to pay my homage and, and uh, respects to those people because uh, I just really, I really think that's a really important part of, you know, being, being a, uh, you know, just a grateful and thankful human being. Like, you know, even though I may not, like, directly train with Henzo every day, you know, uh, the guy is responsible for the place that I train every day. You know exactly, I mean? yep. And to forget, to forget that, you know, and I think some people do sometimes, uh, I think it's wrong, man. You know, it's, uh, we, we owe him a lot. You know, we owe, I mean, everybody owes him a lot because he, he, uh, at least from the mixed martial arts and the jiu-jitsu perspective, because of uh, you know uh, his involvement in the in the sport and his uh, you know improvements to the martial art and everything. But I'm just saying, like just me in general. I mean, I'm training in in his gym every day, you know, um, and uh, all the people that are there uh, to some degree have you know he is responsible for them. You know what I mean? So right, right. All these guys that I get an opportunity to to spar with. And, um, you know, my, my teacher, John, who, um, you know, is just absolutely amazing. You know, if it wasn't for Henzo, they, they probably wouldn't, you know, none of this would have lined up. You know, it's kind of like, I, I, the same thing with, uh, you know, my original instructor, Tom. And, you know, I'm, I'm with Tom till the day I die, you know. And so, uh, even, even if Tom, like, one day told me that, uh, that I was dead to him, you know, to, to me, if I ever had the opportunity, I'd still try to have his back because, you know, uh, I love the guy. He was a big part of who I am today, and if it wasn't for him, who knows where I would have been, you know? Right, uh, and, that, and I think that loyalty is incredibly important, and, and, and to respect that and acknowledge it for sure. But uh, So it's cool It's cool to be connected with so many different people. I always tell people, doing jiu-jitsu, they ask me, like, you know, what's my favorite part about it, or MMA, whatever. It's, it's really just the, the getting to know all these different groups of people that I probably never would have met. You know, I can't imagine, like, if I would have just worked, like, in a regular office job or something like that, I can't imagine that I would be as connected as I am to so many different people all around the world. Yeah, man, I'll tell you, just mixed martial arts alone, combat sports in general, martial arts, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, there's so many amazing characters and people to know and understand, and you you get a, I mean, the, the... the the horizon is there's so many people on that horizon it, it's something really brilliant but uh, looking ahead here on this incredible journey that you're on you're set to make yes, your sir. third appearance in, in MMA at one heart of the lion on November 9th in Singapore that makes three MMA fights in just over six months man w- was this your original plan to be this active when you started mixed martial arts 
Yes, sir. I mean, that's the thing, bro. It's like uh, uh, the, the biggest missing link, you know, in, in what I'm doing right now is experience. I, I believe that uh, the level that we're operating on in jiu-jitsu, I, I truly do believe that on any given day, you know, even if it was only one time out of ten, you know, theoretical fights, that, you know, any guy, anybody that's like, in my weight class, I could submit. Right, I believe that. I, I really do. I don't believe that it's going to happen six times out of ten with everybody in the world because I just don't have that level of MMA experience yet. Right. You know what I mean? I don't believe I'm there because I just, you know, like you look at a guy like Khabib, right? Twenty-seven and zero. That's twenty-seven, and that's professional fights. I don't know what. I have no idea. I mean, he did combat sambo and stuff before. I don't know if he took any amateur fights before he fought pro. You know, I have, I have no idea what that history is like. But, like, we're basically talking about a dude who could have potentially could potentially have, like, 50 fights under his belt, maybe more, you know, uh, total. And, like, I literally, if after this fight, will have three fights total right. <laughs> under, my, <laughs> under my belt. You know what I mean? Right. So you, you're talking about trying to compare apples to oranges, I feel like, at that point, um, in terms of experience levels. So it's just, like, I, I think, you know, with the, with the skills that I have, I think I can beat anybody in the world, but... Uh, I want to be, I want to have the greatest chance possible of beating anybody in the world, you know, and I, in order to do that, I needed to, to develop my skills and to just get cage experience, you know. Right. Um, I, I pl- personally plan to develop a mixed martial arts game that's far more varied than just trying to go out there and submit everybody. Um, of course, that's always going to be my strongest, you know, suit, because like I said, I've been doing the whole jiu-jitsu thing for over a decade, but... Um, you know, I want to develop into a, in a complete martial artist, you know, a complete mixed martial artist and be able to, uh, you know, defeat my opponents in, in any way possible, ultimately. Uh, but anyway, yeah, man, I want to be as active as possible. I'm 27 years old. Um, I jumped into the game at, at age 26, and uh, I don't think that's too late. I just think, I think it's just about enough time to really get a, a, a solid run of things, you know, um, could it have been, you know, you see people jump in a little bit later and, and things here and there, uh, but I think this is about as late as I could have started where I could have developed into a complete martial artist. Now, speaking speaking of that development, uh, you, how are you progressing? Do you feel like you're you're gaining all those skills and attributes that, that you want to have to become that complete mixed martial artist? Yeah, we're getting there, man. You know, one step at a time. It's, it's, a, slow, uh, it's a slow progression, per se, um, in my opinion, just... I guess maybe I view it that way just because I'm just starting um, and uh, there's so many different things to learn. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'm catching on to, to a lot of different things. Um, I think that overall right now the the main focus I've been having is kind of like getting the boxing together. Um, I mean, I, every time I spar, it's always mixed martial arts. I'm doing everything together, but I would say the majority of my focus and improvements has been specifically in boxing. So um, I've been doing that whole whole thing for a little bit now, and I feel like I've been, you know, uh, every, I would say every month or so, I feel like I, I make a pretty decent leap in, uh, in success in sparring. Now, translating that over into the cage is a kind of a different story. You know, uh, it never quite, so far, it never quite exactly works out the same way that it does in sparring. So you know, you got to, there's kind of a, I got to play a little catch up there in terms of my actual performance compared to what goes down in sparring, but we'll, uh, we'll get there eventually. But overall, I feel as though I'm improving. 
yeah, obviously that that's that's a difficult task to translate that into co- into combat itself. But uh, you're sure. set to face Sung Jong Lee on this card. What can you tell us about your opponent? Yeah, there wasn't a crazy amount of tape on him. Uh, at least that I didn't find. Maybe I didn't look hard enough. But um, I saw like two fights. Um, his most recent fight against Mir Khan, and then there was something else from another organization. And uh, overall, it just looks like he's interested in getting things to the ground as quickly as possible. Um, and, I, you know, no matter what, really, like, it kind of just seems like he's interested in grappling um, more than anything else. I see him throw a few punches and kicks here and there, um, but anytime anybody puts any pressure on him, he immediately goes in, clinches, pulls guard, or tries to take the guy down. So um, I pretty much, I feel as though considering the two styles of you know of us, of each of us, I think it's pretty unlikely to see this fight stay standing for very long. I mean, if he well, if he jumps down to the ground, like I see him doing some of his fights, like to pull guard, like I'm not gonna back away from him and make him stand up. Right. You know, I don't. I, I mean, I might tactfully move forward. I'm not gonna be an idiot about it, but. I'm just saying, like, I, I have no intentions of just like, oh, yeah, let's turn this into a stand-up fight. Like, I don't know. I may, like, I don't know. For me, I'd rather just engage somebody on the ground. I mean, I've been doing jujitsu, like I said, for so long, so why not? Uh, I'm not, like, afraid. So um, I, I just see him forcing it to the ground pretty quickly. Um, I, see, I see the fight ending most likely via TKO or submission in the first or second round. Um, you never really know. Um, I thought I, I, I probably would have thought that of the first opponent or the last opponent too, but right. <laughs> it's like three rounds, so you never really know. But uh, I mean, hell, if he if he does stay standing for some reason because he you know he knows I'm good at jujitsu, uh, great. You know, I'll keep it standing. I think. Well, you know that that was kind of gonna be that was kind of gonna be my next question. You know, facing a guy with a grappling background like that. Are you hoping that that maybe you have an opportunity to showcase some of those striking skills that you've been developing? Yeah, I mean that would be great, right? I mean, you know, I uh, you know theoretically it it would be easier to strike with somebody who's primarily a grappler, so right, it would be, uh, <laughs> right. It would be a good time to uh, a good time to like practice some of my skills with a little bit less danger, you know, not necessarily tr- uh, fighting, uh, you know, quote unquote a knockout artist. You know, or something like that. That's obviously a little bit more risky to start playing around and using other skills. So, yeah, man. I mean, it would be great, but again, like I said, it's, it, it might be kind of difficult because it, it's like he, he'll desperately bring it to the ground. I feel like it's not like you know, it's not. It's going to be tough to stop. And I'm not really. Again, I'm not really the type of guy that's just going to like try to make somebody stand up. So. Right, why would you shy away from your bread and butter? Yeah, that makes yeah. some sense. Yeah. Uh, unless for some reason he drastically changes his game plan from what I've watched, that's kind of what's going to go down. But I'm, I'm ready for anything, man. Most of my progression is and preparation is always about just getting better right now. I'm not, I don't really game plan for specific opponents too much. I've been doing a little bit of uh, situational drilling um, out of certain submissions and stuff that he's, he's particularly good at um, just to make sure that I'm sharp. Uh, ultimately, um, so I'm not completely like you know ignoring him. I'm just you know again like there's just so much for me to work on right now. I'm just working on my development as a whole. Right, right, right. You got to focus on you rather than focus on your opponent. Uh, but yeah, you're, yeah. you're moving down a weight class for this one, correct? Yeah. 
Tell us about the decision to move to 155. Is that going to be a permanent move for you? So there's a few things that go into it. Not 100% sure on that yet. Um, well, the first thing is, is, I've been saying this since the beginning. There's like a couple interviews I think I mentioned this in, that I wanted to try to do, the, do a fight at 155 early in my career because the way that I see most of these guys in one championship that are highly successful working is that eventually they'll win, you know, a title in one division and then start working for another one. You know, right. I mean, that's, that happens across the board in all organizations, but I think it happens quite frequently in one. Um, so the way I saw it, that was going to be, you know, if I was going to win a 70-pound title, that was probably going to be the next step. And I didn't want the first time I did a major weight cut to be on a title fight, you know, because theoretically, like, let's say you win a 170-pound title, if that's where I kept fighting, you know, if they're going to, if I'm going to move down to 55, they're not going to give me, like, it's either going to be the number one contender or the or the person holding the title, right? Like, I'm not going to get, like, an opponent, like, one of my first three fights at 170, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, the, the thought process is, before you're, before you're fighting, like, a, a belt holder in your division, let's try to figure out that whole weight cut, you know what I mean? Let's try to see what that's about and uh, try to see how your body reacts to that before you, you know, on top of doing that whole weight cut and figuring that out, have to prepare for, you know, the toughest guy in that division. So that was my original thought process. Uh, along with that, though, uh, overall, after my last fight, just looking at the difference in size between myself and my opponent, I just, like, really feel like uh, I, I think maybe I just didn't really understand, you know, how the, how the weight cuts and stuff work you know, for one championship because they the way that they test the hydration and everything. Yeah. So I, I was fighting at 170, but honestly, man, I think that it probably makes way more sense for me to fight at 55. I mean, we both weighed in at 170, but, man, that guy looked considerably bigger than me, I feel like, the last opponent that I had. The first guy was taller and skinny, so it's kind of hard to tell. But that last guy, man, he was, he was a big dude, man. And not just, like, tall, like, you know, every, everywhere he was big, you know. A lot of musculature. It didn't really seem like uh, we were the same size. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, part of that part of that is just, like, I, I kind of feel like this might be my real weight division. Uh, and if it is, you know, maybe move down here. I don't know. You know, I'm not 100% sure yet. Right, you got uh, you got to find uh, out on fight night, right? Yeah, we're going give to give it a whirl. I'll, I'll see how I feel with this, this weight cut and uh, see how comfortable I am, you know, moving around at this weight. So far, so good. You know, I haven't actually hit 155 yet to say for sure, but, um, I mean, as I've been losing weight, I've been feeling pretty good. Like, if anything, I've been feeling better than before. Certainly not worse. Right. So, carb cutting just started this week, so I'm sure I'll start feeling a little bit not as good, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, with, with such a great team behind you, I'm sure it won't be an issue. Uh, but again, man, with, with three fights in under a year, you know, building that momentum, working your way up at a reasonable pace with a big win on November 9th in Singapore. What's the next step for you? Well, um, so I know they're doing a Japan show. I believe March. that's March, right, yeah. Late March, I think. So, for me, ideally, I'd like to have a fight between that because that's kind of a big break, in my opinion, from November to March. Right. That's a little bit longer than I would like. But at the same time, if I squeeze a fight in, it basically means I have to do two back-to-back fight camps. Um, I'd have to do, uh, basically, my, you know, this is just theoretical here. I haven't even talked to them about this, and I don't even know if they have a show around this time. 
they do put on quite a few shows, so I'm, I'm guessing they do. If I fought sometime around mid-January, that would give me, let's see, so we're early November, into December, so that gives me a little over eight weeks to prepare, and then it would give me about uh, the same to prepare for the show in Japan. So if they allow it, I'd try to probably try to squeeze one more fight in around mid-January. I just don't know if they're going to allow it because I know the Japan show is super important to them. And I'm wondering if in their mind, you know, they're thinking like, ah, man, let's save him, make sure he doesn't get hurt, that sort of thing. Right. So, and if that happens, then I'll probably grappling match in between, um, you know, and, and then maybe I'll fill my schedule with that because uh, I like to stay active. Yeah, I was just going to say that. You are a guy that definitely likes to stay active, that's for sure. Yeah, so that could be cool. You know, either way, if I have an extra fight, ideally extra fight, and if not, try to find a way to squeeze myself into a grappling match between those two times, and we'll see what goes on there then. Now, I believe I asked you this uh, last time we spoke, but refresh my memory. What's the timeline for you to go after a title? Do you have anything written down or a date in your head that you'd ideally <sighs> like to be competing for your first MMA title? Man, it's hard to say. Um, you know, I have a rough idea of when I think they'll offer it to me if I continue to win uh, based off of my contract, but I can't talk about that because right. I'm not supposed to talk about the contract. Fair enough. But, uh, you know, it's hard to say exactly. They haven't had a conversation with me about it yet. They haven't said, like, hey, man, if you win next more fights, we're going to, like, you know, start thinking about fighting for a title. Nobody said that to me yet. Who knows? Maybe the, that conversation will happen after this fight. Don't know. Okay. Um, but uh, in terms of when I'm interested in fighting for one, um, yeah, man, I mean, I think a couple more fights and then I'll probably, I'll probably feel comfortable with it, you know? Um, I don't know if they, if, that, if they consider me ready for the, sh for the title shot yet, but, um, you know, I'm happy with their decision, whatever they're, whatever they're going to decide. You know, I'm happy to be involved with their organization. Like I said, I'm very happy here. A lot of people ask me about know different organizations and my future plans and stuff like that and you know the way i see it i, I got a i got some time you know i i uh i really enjoy being a part of one championship and uh you know i don't really i'm not really looking towards you know leaving anytime soon so um whatever they whatever they choose to do if they want me to, to have some more fights beforehand then i'll do it if not you know then we'll rush into it no big deal <laughs> you know it'll be, it'll be scary but right what it is what you just said there, that kind of transitions into my next question perfectly here. I wanted to get your take on Eddie Alvarez joining one championship. Obviously, uh -huh. you and Eddie have ties through Henzo's school, but uh, what an exciting move for the company, right? Yeah, super happy about that. Um, I just think that like anybody that they sign that is a high-profile fighter just brings more attention to the organization, gives it a better reputation. Of course. Uh, in terms of uh, you know skill and everything like that, so... Um, it's awesome to have Eddie, uh, Eddie on board. Um, yeah, uh, he, I, I've never directly trained with Eddie. Um, I've seen him here and there at Ricardo's and stuff, uh, back in the day when I used to pop into Ricardo's here and there. Um, uh, we're not like, we're not like close or anything. I, I, uh, when, when I was over at Ricardo's and stuff, I would talk to Frankie and I've trained with Frankie and stuff, but, uh, never Eddie, because Eddie's kind of like, I think he comes from Philly, 
Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't there quite as frequently. Like, Frankie was, like, at, at uh, Ricardo's a lot. Like, he's there all the time. So, um, I think Eddie probably was there for just, like, fight camps, you know? So, right. I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that, but... <laughs> I, mean, I, guess you, I guess you have to, but... No, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know, man. I, I just... Uh, yeah, I'm just excited from the standpoint of, you know, having more talent in the division, really. Um, in terms of, like, you know, I'm sure that, like, a next question or questions that other people are concerned with are, like, you know, are we going to have fights? I don't know, man, you know? Yeah, no, um, I wasn't I wasn't even going to go there because, honestly, what, what, what brings it up for me is, you know, everybody I've interviewed, all the athletes I've talked to from one championship, and I've talked to a lot of them, they all say the same thing about how great the company is to work for, but they also talk about the values and the direction of the company as well. You know, bringing back the purity to martial arts, the martial way, if you will. Uh, I'm sure you feel the same way about that, but I'm wondering, do you think that that was a big contributing factor for Eddie to sign with them? Uh, that about the way that they handle themselves as an organization? Yeah, that that and the fact that, again, they're, they're trying to bring back that purity to martial arts where... Yeah, the, uh, I, definitely, I definitely think so. I don't, I don't think, like... Uh, like, he's, like, a natural-born, like, you know, uh, major shit-talker or right, anything like right. that. And I'm sure he can, you know. I mean, the dude's from Philly, so I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he's capable of it. But, <laughs> but uh, don't, don't get me wrong, any of us that are from that that general area, Philly, Jersey, all those, New York, I mean, it's we're definitely all capable. But, um, you know, I, I definitely think that that's not – I think a lot of these guys, when they started fighting, it's just not what they signed up for if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, that that aspect of it. I mean, it, it is and it isn't, right? Like, I, I mentioned to you before, like, uh, a big part of professional um, sports is entertainment, in my opinion. Right. Um, and that comes from a, com- uh, a couple different areas. You know, I think when most people, especially from a sporting background, look at it, they just view the entertainment level coming from the actual, from the actual bout, right? Like, so when you're, when you are looking at mixed martial arts, or I'm looking at mixed martial arts, I say to myself, like, I'm going to be entertained by the relative skill level of these two fighters. You know, if they're highly skilled, I'm highly entertained. If they suck, it's like, nah, whatever, not as exciting to me. Right. Right. So, like, that's how I think the average, like, knowledgeable uh, fan kind of looks at things. But from the perspective of the average, you know, fan of sports, I mean, you look at a sport like football. Like, I don't know what the actual statistics are, but I'm sure, like, at least fifty percent of the people have, that watch football on a religious basis don't don't play and probably never played football. Right. You know, at least certainly certainly not to any serious degree other than, like, with their friends when they were kids, you know? So, uh, your enter- the entertainment is not just the skill of the fighter for most people watching, right? Um, it comes from other areas. It comes from, okay, um, even aside from skill, like, just, you know, general flashy maneuvers, you know, even if it's not particularly anything too skillful, if something just looks exciting, I, for instance, just two people throwing punches at each other's head. I mean, it looks cool, you know? Right, Some right. People are getting hit, right? Something's happening, right? And that's what, that's what people want to see. They want to see something happening. Like, right. They want to see an event. You know, for, I'll use an example like, 
Uh, in one of the most recent UFCs, somebody took somebody's back with a figure four body lock, and I think, I can't remember who, who was fighting him, whatever. Uh, one of the Pettis brothers, I think. And, uh, you know, it was to the fault of both of them that what, something wasn't really happening there, but people got boo, like, immediately. Because to them, nothing's happening, right? To me, like, the average, to me, like, a, a skillful, you know, fan, I look at that and it's like, all right, well, I mean, if he makes one wrong move here, he's going to get submitted. So this is still exciting to me, even though he's just on his back and he's not moving, you know? So then there's the one other, other element that I was going to get to. I know it's like a long-winded speech about all this. No, right? no, no, I'm enjoying it, man. The last, the last element that I was going to get to is just the general showmanship that kind of goes into uh, the fight. So before the fight, um, you know, whatever each opponent has to say to each other, etc., they're, they're building a certain level of drama the same way that when you go to watch a movie, um, you're entertained by drama. Or some people are anyway. I mean, other people just like action movies, you know? Right. Like, there's always some sort of line of drama behind everything. Even a good action movie, for the most part, has a little bit of a dramatic storyline to it. You kind of, like, need to set things up, right? Like, otherwise, sometimes when you watch two people fighting, you're just kind of wondering to yourself, like, why are these two people fighting? <laughs> you know, so I think I think the overwhelming majority of fans get very excited about that lead up, that that dramatic storyline. You know, this guy hates this guy, and they oh they want to fight each other because in the, in the, your average everyday life, that's why fights happen, right? Right, like, it's like the human just, condition. Yeah, fights don't just happen because you know two guys want to test each other's skill in like, right. real life. Like, <laughs> that very rarely happens, so it's not a very good storyline to work with. Uh, for the average fan, I don't think. So it's, it's a, it's a Caps 22. It goes back and forth, you know, and then you, then you get to the point where, you know, lines are crossed theoretically and guys are jumping out of cages trying to hit people and, you know, like the most recent UFC. And, and it's just, it's a bad look overall, I think, for uh, those organizations and, and sponsorship deals and, and all across the board, man. And, uh, you know, so I think... Um, and I think some of the guys that are fighting get fed up with that because the average guy that fights doesn't really care that much about that stuff. You know, they'll do it because they know it advances their career. You know, they'll shit talk a little bit. They have a little bit of fun for sure. But for the most part, like, they're there you know, to compete. They're, yeah, they're there to, to be better than the other guy. Like, that's what they really signed up for when they started fighting. It's not like when they first started fighting, they're like, oh, man. I'm going to shit talk every, everybody out of this division. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know. I don't think any, I don't even think Connor, when he jumped into mixed martial arts, said to himself as he was going into mixed martial arts, like, I am going to just shit talk so well that, you know, nobody's going to be able to touch me. And that's like his main goal. Like, I don't think even he doesn't walk in like that. You know what I mean? And he's one right. of the best at it. So, yeah, I'm, to answer your question after 35 minutes, um, is that one of the reasons that Eddie left? Probably. It also probably has to do with the treatment in general of that organization to its fighters, man, you know? Let, let, me, let me put it to you this way. I, I'm not going to, you know, name names or anything like that. Um, but I was helping a UFC fighter uh, prepare for uh, his camp. Or, sorry, to prepare for his UFC fight, right? And... Uh, we did a full camp, eight weeks, the whole shebang, okay? And he gets hurt at the end, right? And he can't fight. All right, so in addition to not getting paid anything to fight at all or doing that eight weeks of work, like 
imagine working for eight weeks and just not getting paid. Yeah, that's right? brutal. In addition to not getting paid after working hard for eight weeks, you know, essentially, you know, for the fight of your life, right? Now, you got to pay your medical expenses. UFC doesn't pay their medical expenses. You know what I mean? Now he, he got hurt working for them for eight weeks, didn't get paid for it, and now he's got to pay his own medical expenses to recover from that condition, man. And it's, it is, it, even it. Even if he had made the money for the fight, like, unless you're, like, a top-tier fighter, man, it probably wouldn't have made much, you know, just to show up. It's just, it's just crazy, man, some of the, the treat They're supposed to be, quote-unquote, theoretically, right, in most people's minds, they're supposed to be the premier organization for mixed martial arts. And, like, you got guys that are, like, you know, really hurting because of that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, dude, just, just to hear that there's guys still making 10 and 10 on the undercard, Sure. You know that 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 kind of shit has has always bothered me, and uh, but I mean, all of that considered, you know, talking about the promotional side, and obviously that's monetary. I understand that and where you're coming from with that, but all of that considered, you know, that speaks volumes to everything that that we're talking about here with one. I mean, that that's why yeah. you feel like that is the right place for you. Absolutely, man. They just, in general, you get the sensation that not only do they talk about the idea that they they care about other people and they care about their athletes and they have like goals outside of just making money. But like, you don't just hear them say that. Like you feel it, man. Like everybody, yeah. in, you, like you said, everybody in the organization, the organization says it, you know, you don't really hear people complaining about, you know, uh, poor treatment and things like that, man. It's just, I mean, I, I think the proof is in the pudding, man. I mean, you see the way that people talk about the UFC and, and all that stuff and, um, you, you, there's all kinds of drama with people leaving left and right and going to other places and this, that, and the other thing. I just don't think you really see that with one championship like, as much. Yeah, you know. I so, and, um, I also heard a rumor. You know, I don't know if we should be shooting out rumors here, um, but uh, there was a couple posts recently about Demetrius Johnson potentially. Um, yeah, from from what I hear, that's that's very likely. So we'll see. I know that uh, Matt. His, one of his main coaches uh, is like a uh, coordinator. I'm not exactly sure 100% of what his job is, but he, he does some some level of like coordination with uh, with talking to the fighters. Because I mean, I've talked to him before about like negotiating contracts and stuff with one. So I always thought he was um, the matchmaker. He's not the matchmaker. Yeah. So I get. Well, he might be. Like he might be. Like, but I don't always. The only reason I, I wasn't 100% sure about that was because he's not always the person that I talk to about, right. like, who's my, who my upcoming fight is going to be. Right. Um, so, but he, he is involved a lot. Like, I do have frequent conversations with him. I just don't know exactly what his, his title is. Maybe it is Matt. I don't know. Maybe he is the matchmaker, and I just don't see that part of it, you know? They right, probably right. get together. Obviously, that's probably a collaborative effort. Yeah, it's chain I mean? of command stuff, right? I, I, doubt, I highly doubt that one guy ever decides that kind of stuff, you know? Right. They probably all get together and they go, you know, maybe he's the one that initially says, like, I think these guys should be together and then they all approve it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, just that fact alone probably suggests that there's a better chance that it's real, that it might happen, but I don't know any inside information. Nobody's told me anything about it. Like I said, I've just, I've just seen some posts on uh, social media and stuff about that. Um, that would be exciting too, man. I mean, that's a, he's a pretty dominant force in that division. And to bring talent like that 
you know, to, to one championship too. That's a that's a big uh, big uptick again, man. I think. Uh, and, and not to mention, I feel like all of the Eastern fans would likely appreciate him a lot more than the Western fans have across his career absolutely. so far. Absolutely, man, for sure. I don't. I don't really know what the what the deal is with that either. I always thought he was a great fighter. Exciting. He's incredible. I mean, man, dude, he one of his most recent fights. He like lifted somebody up, and slammed them into an arm. Like, what else do you want? Right. Like, <laughs> right. What do you, what, I don't understand what you guys do or don't find exciting. It's crazy to me, you know. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know like, who else is doing that as as the champion in their in their weight category. I don't I don't see anybody else doing anything like that. Right. Right. All right, well, listen, man, as always, you've been more than generous with your time. We went way over here, but the conversation's always that good. Uh, real quick, man, before we wrap this up, I saw that you were looking forward to eating some more Stingray. That's a pretty exotic <laughs> food, man. What is that like? Uh, it's, it's like most fish, I would say. I, I relate it. I, I, it's been a while, and I only tried it one time, so my memory may be eluding me here as to 100% exactly what it tastes like, but I want to say it tastes most like swordfish because okay. um, I think it's a little tougher it's definitely fishy like you know like most stuff um, tastes uh, but I would say closest relation it would be swordfish and I could be wrong I'm going to try it again and I'll let you know if I'm wrong about that but it, <laughs> it's a pretty it was pretty good when I tried I was, uh, I was a little uh, I didn't even realize that you could really eat it I figured it would just be rubbery right right you know? Like to me, to me, a, a stingray like kind of looks like it would be the consistency of like a squid or an octopus. Yeah, yeah, so definitely I didn't a strange even one. That it had meat on it. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Well, I know uh, one of our buddies. Well, one of my, one of our buddies, one of our guys from the team is going to be out there for that event. So I'll have to encourage him to try some Singapore, uh, try some uh, stingray out in Singapore as well. Yeah, yeah, dude, they have a lot of really cool, weird foods out there. There's like this spicy crab thing that uh, they had us try the one time too. That was really good. There's a lot of really cool stuff, so definitely, definitely worth the while. And it's, and it's not all quite as weird as like the stuff that you find in China, where like there's like, you know, scorpions on a stick and stuff. You know? right. They might have, <laughs> right. they probably have that in Singapore too. But yeah. um, you know, I don't know, like the stingray and the crab and stuff like that is a little bit more, you know, uh, a little less insane than you know eating bugs on a stick. <laughs> not that I didn't try that when I was in China, I did, but. Ah, oh, when in Rome, when in Rome, got to do it. Yeah, yeah. I try not. The, the tough part is, is like before my fights, I can't do any of that stuff. So I have, if I, unless I'm staying after for a little bit, I can't really try like a lot of the foods because I got to be super like strict with making sure I'm not going to get sick. You know. Of course, of course. Right, right beforehand, that's my biggest concern, man. You know, somebody was just talking to me today. I leave in one week for this fight. And they're like, hey, how's everything going? I'm like, I'm just trying to stay healthy. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure I don't, you know, die before I get out there. <laughs> that's, yeah, man, it's so frustrating. I've seen so many people, you know, get cut or, you know, get staff or something, like, right before they're about to fight. And you hate to call off a fight for some stupid shit like that, you know? Um, it's just, because you work so hard. And it's just like I said with my buddy that was training for eight weeks and then got he got hurt. It's just, oh, it's the most depressing thing ever. It's demoralizing. Demoralizing yeah, for especially, sure. Especially when you really feel like things are going well and, you know, you have a sense of direction and, oh, man, you're, you're thinking so positive and all of a sudden, you know, something like that happens. So, it always, like, I don't know, man, I'm usually a pretty positive person, but it's always, like, a little bit hanging over my head. I get a little bit of anxiety. Oh, man, am I going to get, like, you know, cut and grappling today or, 
something like even though it doesn't happen that often i'm still a little bit scared about it well it, it, that's all the precautions you got to take to make sure that you get to the fight but speaking of which getting back to november 9th uh give us your prediction how do you visualize the fight playing out yeah man so like i said i i see myself putting a bunch of pressure on him in the, in the standing position uh, I see him very quickly uh, once he starts to feel that pressure. Um, I think he's going to get hit, hit hard. Uh, I think he's going to go. Uh, he's going to try to bring it to the ground as soon as possible. And when he brings it to the ground, um, if I can't manage to get uh, a TKO earlier, early on, you know, you'll probably see a submission. But more than likely, I think TKO in the, in the, uh, on the ground. He'll probably be looking for leg locks as soon as he falls to the ground. He's going to try to entangle my legs while I'm trying to punch him. And uh, I just think my my defensive skills as far as the submission holds and my offensive uh, grapple box skills are going to be a little too much for him to, uh, to, ha- to handle when it comes to that stuff. So. Well, the leg lock game, that's definitely the wrong game to play with you, man. That's for sure. <laughs> we'll see. You never know, man. MMA, anything can happen. It's a little different. That's true. Like, that's uh, true. you know, when he's going for leg locks and things and I'm trying to punch him in the face, you're – you know, obviously a little bit more vulnerable because your concern is elsewhere. You're not you're not fully concerned with just defending the submission hold. So it's a it's a give and take, man. You never really know. Never really know. That is the truth. That is the truth. Awesome. So very cool stuff. After a big win on in November 9th, have a little feast of Stingray and uh, hey. <laughs> make it three and zero in mixed martial arts. Uh, thanks again for joining us today, Gary. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the fight, and it's always a pleasure to speak with you, man. Um, your continued success in MMA, looking forward to that as well. Before we let you go, anything we missed, any shout-outs, anything you wanted to plug, the floor is yours, man. Oh, nothing too crazy. You know, I always have my sponsors to thank. Uh, you know, big thanks to Muscle Farm. Uh, big thanks to uh, my most recent uh, meal prep sponsor, uh, Naked Chef Meal Prep. They, uh, they help me out with this weight cut a lot because if it was up to me and buying and cooking food, uh, it probably wouldn't have gone too well. <laughs> <laughs> so, so big thanks to those guys. Um, I uh, also uh, Studio 540, um, my own company, Cash Chicks Championships. Um, it's going to be launching pretty soon. Um, just in a just a general apparel company brand, um, you know. So that'll be fun. You know, if you guys could check that out. Uh, in the future, I've been trying to work on that for a while now, so I'm very excited that it's finally going to launch. And, uh, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's pretty much it. I might have missed somebody here or there, but no worries. All uh, right. Thanks well, to Arm, Armbar Soap Company for making sure that I'm not getting staff every other week, so that's good. <laughs> that's an important one. And, and they keep you smelling good, right? That's important, too. That's, that's true. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so One Heart of the Lion goes down November 9th in Singapore. Download the one super app to see Gary Tone and throw down. Best of luck in Singapore, man. I hope we can catch up again after a big win. Yes, sir. Thanks so much for the interview, guys. All right. Always a pleasure, bud. You have a good night. Thank you. You too. Later. Always a pleasure to speak with Gary, one of the most knowledgeable guys in combat sports, Brazilian jiu-jitsu phenom, a cerebral individual to say the least, very much looking forward to his fight, and hopefully challenging for the title, and hopefully challenging for a title sometime in 2019. But let's keep it rolling. On to our final guest for this episode. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Coming up next to close things out, Vicente Luque. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show arguably the best guy at 170 pounds who isn't currently ranked in the UFC. 
coming off yet another impressive finish at UFC 229 against Jalen Turner, the silent assassin himself, Vicente Luque. Thanks for joining us again, Vicente. How you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. Thank you guys for having me. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Are you back home in Brazil? Or are you enjoying the results of uh, all of the hard work that you put in for this big win, I'd assume? No, I'm, I'm, I'm in Brazil and I'm already training. You know, I'm not able to be more than one week without training. So I rested up one week and, and had a good time. And now I'm already back to training, already excited, trying to get maybe something for December. I want to put one more in this year. Really awesome, man. So that that's the timeline you're looking at December. Yeah, I think it's a good time for me because, you know, it was it was a fight that came out with no injuries, so I'm feeling really good. Training has been going great, so I just want to keep this momentum going. Absolutely, absolutely. Now give us your thoughts on your performance, man. It doesn't get much better than a first-round knockout, right? For sure. I mean, I was it was a last-minute call, so I had two weeks to to get adjusted to my opponent, you know. He was a tall guy. Jalen is a tall guy. Uh, southpaw so it was kind of like a it's not so common to to fight guys like that but i was able to adjust well and during the fight you know i looked to pressure him that was the strategy i wanted to keep the pressure on him he's a guy that always comes forward so i wanted him fighting on his back foot and i was able to pressure him i got hit more than i wanted to i got hit with some some jabs and and straight punches you know also because he's really long so it was kind of hard to really get that distance right away right but once i started finding my distance i started connecting shots and i felt like i was i was really starting to make him worried about those shots and then once he threw that spinning elbow i it got hit it, it hit me but it didn't hit me clean it hit me kind of in the guard so i right away he he stopped there for like maybe two seconds so i grabbed his neck and, and got the finish right there so it was good yeah it was a, another beautiful performance man uh, did you know much about Jalen going into the fight? Was that the outcome that you were expecting? I mean, given that you only had two weeks to prepare? I didn't know much about him. So when I got the fight, I started watching some video on him. There were some old fights, and the most recent fight I watched of him was the Contender Series. Right. So his Contender fight uh, was a good fight. I saw that he was a good striker. Really intelligent. He's calm. He's not the kind of guy that, that goes in there trying to finish the guy right away. He really picks his shots, and that's why he, he has so many knockouts. So I knew he was going to come in to try to knock me out, try to hit me with some big shots, and but at the same time keep his distance and work work his size on me. And I think the, the fight was exactly what I expected. You know, he was, up, he was quicker than I predicted, so he was faster than I thought he was going to be, so that's why he also hit me with those jabs. And, but it was pretty much what I, what I had planned for. Now, obviously, taking a fight on short notice, uh, that, that says a lot about you as an athlete and the kind of shape that you're staying in. Uh, but, you know, tell us about how that process worked out. I mean, were you the guy that the UFC wanted, or, or were you just the guy that was willing to take the fight? Well, I, I, me and my manager, Ali, we were working already to be on that card, so I really wanted to be on that card. It was going to be a big one. Everybody was going to have their eyes on that. Right. So I kind of, like... They were looking for a fight for me over there, you know. They wanted me to be on that card. And the UFC was having trouble finding an opponent for me. And Jalen was a guy that they wanted to sign already. So he took the fight, and, and it worked out for both of us. All right, so the initial plan was for you to be on that card, but he was the guy who was willing to step up and face you. Exactly, that's what it was. Okay. 
Now, as you mentioned, man, UFC 229, that was a huge stage for you to compete in. Uh, what was the reaction from the fans after the fight? Do you feel like you gained a lot of support? Yeah, man, it was really positive, you know. I got a lot of support after that, a lot of messages, a lot of people, you know, coming in. And a lot of new people that had never seen me fight, and that, that was the first time they saw me fight, so they were really, like, pumped, and they... It, it made a difference for my name, you know, especially I'm a guy that's coming off many good wins at welterweight, but I'm still not that guy that, that people know much about. And I think that this moment was a big moment for me where people could could see the kind of fights I put on, you know. I go in there to finish the guys, and that's just my style. I, I, I don't know how to fight in another in another way. I'm always pushing forward, always. If I, if I see a submission or if I, I see a chance to knock the guy out, I'm going to take it. And it was really positive. I think I got a lot of visibility out, out of this fight. And especially with the, the outcome, you know, people always like to see knockouts. So it was perfect. For sure, for sure. Huge opportunity to build your brand and, and uh, get that kind of support that you need, that momentum you need to continue to climb the ranks. Um, <clears throat> but you had said going into the fight that, that you wanted to honor the late Glenn Robinson with your performance. Um I'd certainly say that you did just that, my friend. He would have been very happy to see you take another step towards the top of the division, I think. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I, I've worked so long with, with Glenn, and he always gave me so much opportunity. You know, he is one of the guys, you know, that literally is the reason I got into the UFC, so he helped me out a bunch. And with his passing and everything, you know, I, I felt like, that fight was for him, and I wanted to go out there and do what I do, and I'm I'm sure that wherever he is, he's proud of me right now. Absolutely, man. Now, not not to get too deep on you here, but what has it been like for you personally after his passing? You know, I know he touched a lot of lives, helped so many athletes over the years in this sport. How close were you with Glenn? I was. I mean, I talked to him a couple of times during the year. You know, I, it wasn't. We weren't that close, but at the same time, every time we talked to each other. It was really meaningful for both of us. I had a lot of, you know, a lot of respect for him and a lot of love for him, and he had for me as well. So even though we weren't working together anymore, he always was cheering me up for my fights. He would send me messages before my fight, after my fight. So it was a, a, a good relationship, you know. And with his passing, I mean, I think the biggest thing that I I thought with all this and, and I've been thinking in my mind is like, he made a difference in the time he had, you know, the time he had in this, in here with us, you know, he helped, helped so many people. He made a big mark. He left a legacy. And I think that's a big thing for everyone. That's something I want to do with my life. You know, no matter how long I live in this planet, I'm, I want to be sure that when I leave, people know what I did and that I made the, the world better. And I'm sure that he did that. He helped a lot of guys and, and a lot of people owe a lot to him. Absolutely, man. You know, you take take the time that you have on this planet, use it wisely, and and, and do the best you can. He he was certainly an example of that. Like I said, <clears throat> you could name probably hundreds of guys that that he's helped out, and uh, you know, people people that he's worked with over the years. I had a lot of respect for him as well. Uh, but you know, just to stay with uh, UFC 229 for a moment, uh, you know, talking about the support and and uh, being exposed to all those new fans. I've seen a lot of comparisons, people talking about you. You're the silent, obviously the silent assassin, but you're silently climbing the ranks and, you know, getting uh, getting towards that that top-ranked division and, and looking to get towards the title. 
do you feel like now with the noise you made there that that maybe uh, these opportunities are going to come a little faster for you? I definitely think I think I'm I'm at another level right now. I mean, I've been showing that every fight, and I you know people can talk a lot, but I don't think that fight that nothing can talk more than a fight. I I go in there and I and I do my thing. I finish people. So not only I've been winning decisively, but that's what people want to see. You know, the fans want to watch fights like that. So I'm the kind of guy that's going to go in there and put on great fights. So I think the UFC is, is for sure, you know, starting to see that and they're going to value that for sure. And I think I'm in a good position now to start getting bigger fights and start getting the big names. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we're in that era of trash talk. And while it is very funny at times and entertaining, uh, I've always been a big supporter of, you know, the martial way and, and respect amongst opponents. And like you said, let the fighting do the talking. So uh, with all that considered, do you feel like maybe you need to be a little bit more vocal going forward to get the fights and the opportunities that you want? You know, uh, some a lot of people have asked me that question. And I'm, I cannot be like something that I'm not, but for sure what I, what I think that I and, – and I'm trying to do that more is like – see guys that I feel like fighting and just talk about it. You know, I, I would like to fight Masvidal. I don't think, I'm not sure, Masvidal wants to go 155 or he wants to fight some ranked guy. I mean, I, I respect his opinion. If he doesn't want to fight someone that is, is up and coming, no problem with that. But I'm, I'm going to start, you know, calling out people that I think would be good fights, not only for me in a, in a strategic point, but also like, that we're going to put on a fight. So Masvidal will be a guy that I'm sure that we would go in there and just put on a fight, and we're going to be trying to knock each other out all the time. Another guy, I mean, Perry and and Donald Cerrone, whoever wins that fight, I would, would have an eye on them. I think that would be a great fight for me as well. And I think it's I, – I like fights that people are going to be excited to watch. So that's the kind of thing that I think that I do have to do more, start talking more about what I want. Because I have these things on my mind, and sometimes I just, you know, I don't talk about it, but, you know, I want to fight these guys, so that's that's something. But about trash talking, that's not who I am. I'm just a guy that I'm always going to respect everyone I fight and everybody that fights. I mean, we, put a, we do so much to get into that cage. I have nothing but respect for all my opponents. But don't get me wrong, when I get in there, I'm going to go out to knock him out at every moment and finish him any, in any way I can. Right. I get what you're saying, man. It's like, you got to stay true to yourself, but at the same time, it's not a bad idea to start saying, Hey, I'd like to fight this guy. Hey, I'd like to fight this guy. You know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Uh, just to stay with Masvidal for a moment, man. Uh, I, I know the last time we spoke that you had mentioned Condit as being a guy that you'd love to fight. But now that you've mentioned Jorge Masvidal, uh, it sounds to me like not only the ranking, but the matchup itself is what made you choose him. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy, you know, I've watched a lot of his fights, and I really get pumped to watch his fights. I love his fighting style. And usually the guys that I, that I love watching are the guys I want to fight, you know. So, I mean, I think it's a great matchup. He's a boxer, you know, he's got a lot of skill, and he's always pushing forward. And that's exactly what I do. I think I, I, I'm not only a boxer, I have kicks, I have knees, I have other tools, but I'm always pushing forward as well. So I think there is no way that fight's going to go to the end. You know, it's going to be a finish for sure. And I'm the kind of guy, I'm willing to go in there and test my chin and, and 
go in there and give a show to the fans. I'm not afraid of anyone. So I think it's the perfect fight. I think the fans would love it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Jorge is a good friend of the show. And like you said, one hell of a competitor always puts on a great performance for the fans. And, and I know that, you know, being that you want a ranked guy for me, just, just the stylistic matchup, it says excitement, barn burner all over it. So I would agree with you. I would agree with you there, but he's been very clear that he only wants a ranked opponent right now. So where does that leave you? What other matchups make sense at this point? Yeah, well, it's, I, I said that in the cage after my fight, and right now I'm, I'm going to try to get the best fight that I can get. I mean, that's always what I'm going to be looking for. But I don't really care who I'm going to fight deep in. And in my training, I'm not focusing on any names. So I'm ready to fight anyone. So if I don't get a ranked opponent as I want, I, I definitely want a ranked opponent because that's going to be the it, – it's what makes more, most sense for myself. But if that doesn't happen, I'm still going to go and train and go in there to knock people out and keep doing what I'm doing. So I'm a guy that I feel like I am ranked. Although the, that's not what's officially in the rankings, I feel ranked. I feel like a guy that, you know, can go in there and beat anybody in, in the top 15. So I'm just going to keep focused, keep my training going. And I'm, I'm sure that we're going to work out a good fight. And whoever it is, I'm going to be ready to fight. And that's it. Right, right. I mean, it's all a matter of time, man. You just got to keep going out there winning and putting on these great performances, and eventually you become undeniable. Yeah, for sure, man. I think, like, I mean, there, at, at some point, there's not going to be anybody else for me to fight but the ranked guy. So right, that's right, right. my objective. I'm going to beat everyone. Now, so obviously you're not going to campaign for only a ranked opponent, but it, it sounds like a matchup that makes the, makes the most sense is somebody with a, with a name that can help you build that brand further and, and put more value in your stock, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I want these guys, you know, that have been fighting a lot, have been having good wins. That's the kind of guy that people know their names, you know, somebody that you say, hey, this, like, like about me, you know, when people say Vicente Lucas fighting, all that you look, I'm, a, I'm pumped for this fight. I want to watch this fight. I know it's going to be a good fight. They don't know if I'm going to win or lose, but they know it's going to be a good fight. That's the kind of guys I want to fight. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. Just uh, when I was watching UFC 229 and then all of a sudden, you know, I see that you're on the card. Not only, you know, obviously the fight being made two weeks er prior to the event, but, you know, the the main event and the co-main and all the promotion going on there, you, you really slipped under the radar there. And then when I saw where you're competing, I was like, shit, man, you know, had they done a little bit more to promote this guy? I think a lot of people would have been very happy to know that you were competing on the card. Yeah, for sure. I think also because it was only two weeks. Right, So they right. had all the Khabib and, and McGregor thing going on, so it was kind of hard. But, I mean, people still watched it, and, and people that tuned in to watch Khabib or, and McGregor, they, they still got to watch me. So I think it was, it was a big fight for me and was a great venue to fight. Uh, speaking of the event itself, man, uh, lots of great fights, but the ending kind of ruined it for a lot of people. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, I think for the sport, that that's a really bad thing, you know. We work towards, you know, showing how the sport is not about street fighting. It's not about, you know, disrespecting people. And and I think that was just kind of like the kind of thing that, that you don't want to see. And I think through all the build-up to this fight, you know, all the build-up, to the fight was a lot of a lot of things that are not martial arts. So 
I don't know. I think it's a lesson for the UFC to really, you know, I, I'm sure that the the money, like the money side of it, you're gonna promote that, and it sold a lot because of the way they sold it. But at the same time, how how, how is that gonna pay in the future? You know, if we we ruin the sports name right now, maybe we're not gonna have the the kind of support we have right now. So you know, it's a tricky thing. I don't think it was a good thing for the sport, and I hope that it never happens again. <laughs> I agree with you 100%, man. I was talking to uh, Dominic Reyes about this, a guy who was also on the card uh, last week. And, you know, like my local talk radio up here in Rhode Island, they never talk about mixed martial arts. But because of what happened at the end of that event, it was all over the news everywhere. Not a good look for the sport, man. I agree with you 100%. Now, uh, another possible matchup. I bring this up because I spoke to this gentleman last week. He's looking for a fight as well. Uh, and also believes he deserves a ranked guy, but nobody's willing to take the fight. That would be uh, CR Bahadurzada. I feel like you guys would, would that matchup would make a lot of sense if nobody in the top fifteen is willing to sign. Would you agree with uh, with the matchup with him? That would be an exciting fight. Yeah, definitely, man. That's a guy that you know I've I've been watching for a long time. I here in Brasilia, a friend of mine, Paulo Tiago, fought with him, and I was part of the camp to help Paulo Tiago fight. Unfortunately, Bahadurzada knocked him out and he got the win. But it's a guy that you know he has—he's a big name. He has been doing this for a good for a long time. He's the kind of guy that goes in there to finish fights. So I think it's a great fight. I would be definitely looking forward to fight against him. Yeah. So it sounds like that one. Uh, not only the matchup would be great for you, but there's something a little bit personal there. You could get revenge for uh, for your teammate Paulo Tiago. Uh, man, I, I wouldn't say revenge because I, I don't have, I don't carry that kind of stuff with me. But true, true. definitely would be nice to fight against him and and just you know really go out there and test myself against a, a, a great striker, especially an awesome knockout artist. Would be a great fight. Now, all of this kind of culminates to the frustrations for a guy like yourself when when everybody in the top fifteen they're not willing to take a fight against anyone ranked below them. You know, tell me how frustrating is that for you? And you know, just just to think about the fact that they were all given the same opportunity at one point. I I mean, I think I think you know, it makes sense that the guys in there wanna just fight up. You know, that everybody's trying to work their way up to the title. So I understand the the positioning that they have, and for us that are still not ranked, it's kind of hard because we're working our asses off over here, and we're get, giving like great fights. We're having great fights. But not having that number after our name, you know, that means that we're not, I would say, not good enough, but not ranked enough to fight against them. So it's a, it's a hard thing. But, you know, I've been frustrated with this before, and I just decided that that's not, it's, it doesn't make sense for me to be think, thinking about that, you know. In right. the past, the UFC didn't have rankings, and people just worked their way up. So that's, that's the way I look at it. If I don't fight them, I'll fight enough people until, like, they cannot give me someone else. They're going to have to give me a ranked guy. So that's just the way it is. I'm not afraid of taking the long way to the title. I'll, I'll take as long as I need to. My focus is to get the title, and I'll, I'll take, man, 10 years or one year for that. I don't, I don't care. I'm really, like, when I decide I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it till the end. So I'm, I have nothing but patience well, let's certainly hope that it doesn't take you 10 years, brother. <laughs> For 
sure, man. In <laughs> ten years, I hope I have more than three titles. Man. That 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 that's your goal. You want to? Uh, you mean just at one seventy, or are you thinking about other weight classes? We don't know. People have been doing different weight classes, so that's a possibility. You know, I, I, I'm not a I'm not the lightest guy in my division, so I could definitely fight above. And we don't know with other divisions opening one sixty five, one seventy five. Maybe we'll see in the future. But definitely, I'm always going to be looking to to be one of those big names. For sure, man. All right, Vicente. Listen, as always, you've been more than generous with your time. Let's let's wrap this thing up. Uh, you said December. Are you looking at that uh, that New Year's Eve card with John Jones? Is that the one you've got your eye on? Definitely, I think that's that's a great one. I think you know it's it's a perfect time for me to train and fighting so close to two New Year's New Year's is it's great, and I'm just gonna be able to fight and then have fun. So it's gonna be the perfect time. So what would you say to Condit, Masvidal, or anybody ranked in the top fifteen to encourage them to take a fight against you? Man. You know, these guys, they want to have a fun fight. They want to really, you know, it's a fight that fans are going to watch because maybe before I didn't have a name, but I know that people are going to be watching me now. People know that I'm putting on exciting fights. And these guys, the guys that I want to fight, they put on exciting fights. So definitely everybody's going to tune in. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for both of us that will be fighting. So if these guys want, you know, a real fight, I'm here. I'm ready. And for all the silent assassin fans out there, uh, what can they expect from you in your next fight and, and throughout 2019? Will you be in title contention before the end of next year? Man, that that's my objective. I, I definitely want to work up the, my way in the rankings in 2019. So that that's my objective, and they can expect you know what every time I bring to the fight a guy that goes in and pushes forward all the time and. You know, I'm always looking for that finish, and I'm going to keep looking for that finish every fight. All right, again, thank you very much for the time today, Vicente. Always a pleasure speaking with you, man. Look forward to the next time. But before we let you go, uh, anything you think we missed, any shout-outs or sponsor plugs, the floor is yours, man. Oh, man, just thank you, know, my my team here in Brazil, Serato MMA, that always helps me out so much. And also thank the guys at Hard Knocks, Henry Hu, that are also always supporting me in my fights. Even when I'm not there, you know, I call Henry up. I, I send him videos. He always helps me out with that. And and just this, guys. That's it. Right. All right. Again, man, we certainly hope that you get a ranked fight. That you deserve. I truly feel you do deserve a ranked guy. I hope that fight gets made. Anybody in the top 15. We'll catch up again when something gets announced. I hope you have a great afternoon, great evening, great evening, my friend. Thank you, man. Take care. Thank you guys for having me again. Always a pleasure, bud. Take it easy. Time will tell, but I certainly hope that Vicente gets that big fight he's looking for. Again, I think he's a tremendous talent coming up at 170 pounds right now. Amazing fighting style, very fun to watch, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing what the future has in store for Vicente Luque. But that's it for us, folks. BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. On behalf of the whole team, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll have another episode dropping soon. In the meantime, for all things mixed martial arts... All the breaking news, everything you crave from the sport you love, BJPenn.com. We have got you covered. We are the Fighter's Voice. Make sure you follow us on social media. Stay up to date. And until next time, my friends, peace out, everybody.